Well, one of my favorite professors at Dallas Seminary, and you might all think I'm going to say Howard Hendricks. He was my, my favorite, but one of my favorites was a guy by the name of Bill Lawrence. He was just incredible. He used to say this. He says, as believers, we can't live the way we used to live because we're not who we used to be, because we're new creations. Second Corinthians says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creation. So every one of us in this room, but when we believe in Jesus Christ as Savior, we become a new creation, and, and we're going to talk about that. We were dead in sin, but now we're alive in Christ, and this morning we're going to see how this ties together uh, with Jesus being the last Adam. It's a little bit strange because the last Adam is the one who died and rose again, then our connection with him, with the last Adam, ties to our new creation. So I just wanted you to see that, and it's kind of a unique truth. We'll put it together. It's going to take us two weeks, this week and next week, because there's two different parts that I want you to see. And so uh, think about the fact that God uh, saves us and places us in a relationship with him. Uh, we, we know that he's called us a lot of different names, child of God, saints, believers, those kinds. Of, but the one that he calls us the most is the church. And the word church really means the called out ones. We are in this world, dead in trespasses and sins, uh, destined for wrath, as it says. And when we believe in Jesus Christ, he calls us out of this fallen world and he brings us into a relationship with himself. And so we've been seeing this. So the handout that, that we've been putting up is, is we've seen the shepherd and the sheep. And that was the emphasis of salvation. The shepherd is the one that uh, brings life. The shepherd is the one that lays down his life for the sheep. The shepherd is the one that has the abundant life for the sheep. That was so great. And then we saw the groom and the bride and what the role of the groom, which was the role of the husband, the role of the bride, which was the role of the wife. And then we saw last week, which I thought was real fun, was that the Jewish wedding and how a Jewish wedding and the whole thing that tied together in a, basically that relationship ties right back to us and our relationship with Jesus Christ. So, so great stuff. Well, this morning, we're going to look at last Adam and new creation, and it deals with a new person. And I think it's uh, probably one of the most important things when we, when we realize something. And uh, Adam, where's Adam? Adam's taught this before, and I've taught this before. He had a class on it. I've taught it in, my, in the 2-2. But talking about being a new person, uh, the, the idea that we died and rose again with Christ to a new life, that's actually the key to victory in the Christian life. If I would just obey what I know from the Scripture, I'd be a lot better. And, and you, you would too. You may say, well, I don't even know what you're talking about. Well, okay, well, then you can be better when we get through this because there's some great truths here about the fact that we died and rose again with Christ to a new life and we don't have to sin. We don't have to live uh, bad lives and that's because we're connected with the last Adam as a new creation in Christ. And so we're going we're to look at that. Christ is the last Adam, the church is the new creation. That's how we're seeing this thing. Now, let me tell you what we're going to do because it's going to take two weeks. First of all, we're going to look, we're going to see that the first, we're going to look at the first and the last Adam, and then we're going to look at the old and the new creation. Then this week, we're going to look at Jesus as the last Adam and contrast him with the first Adam. And then next time, we're going to look at the church, the new creation, and contrast the new creation with the old creation. So what we're going to see really is the last Adam then the first Adam and the contrast, we're going to see the new creation and the old creation and the contrast, and then we're going to put it together and to see how it fits. So there's a lot of good stuff in, in the, the next, next couple of weeks. And I think, you, you know, the one thing about it is we, you can do, we can do three things. I mean, we can do four, five, ten things. As a church, we made a decision years ago that we're going to teach the Bible 
And sometimes there's hard truths. Sometimes there's things you have to really think about. We don't want to give out just basic things that are so basic that you know them for all of your life. Now, we know a lot of people don't, but we also have to go and look at some things that are deep sometimes. Uh, that's why I love the 2-2 study. The 412 is amazing, all the other t- studies. 412 is called the foundations, and the truth is most Christians don't know any of these foundations. We do. Our church does, because most every one of you have been through the 412. We have the 2-2, which is what I call theology, and it's pretty deep sometimes. There's things in there that you, that you go, I've never even thought about how this fits together. That's what it should be. So when we look at this one, even the last Adam, first Adam, no creation, new creation, how that ties together, you're going to have to think a little bit because it's not, it's not that easy. And so let's look at it and let's talk about uh, the first Adam and the last Adam. Now, here's the question. Why is Christ called the last Adam? Well, you could say, well, God, maybe he's the last one. Yeah, that's right. But you've got to be careful because sometimes people say, first Adam, who was first Adam? The Adam in the garden, right? And then some people say Jesus is the second Adam. Don't say second Adam. You know why? That implies what? A third Adam. And let me tell you, you say, well, that, what's the big deal about that? Well, there are a lot of cults that actually do that. There, if you remember uh, Reverend Sun Moon and the Moonies, right? Anybody know the Moonies? Older people, you'll know the Moonies, young people, that's kind of faded out. Reverend Sun Moon said he was the third Adam, the third Christ. He said there was the first Adam, first Christ, who failed in the garden. There was the second Adam, Jesus, who failed because they crucified him. And he's the third Adam, third Christ, who gains victory. So we can't go around saying first Adam, second Adam. We say first Adam and last Adam. There's not another Adam, and there's not another connection in that way. Now, your handout is wrong. I hate to say it, but your handout is wrong, and I want to show you a chart, and I'm going to put it up, and we need to add something to it. Uh, First Adam is the head. Listen, here's the key. First Adam is the head of the fallen human race. The last Adam, Christ, is the head of the believing human race, and we'll see how that ties together. Here's the chart, and if you notice, your chart only has the first three. Am I right? Yeah, somehow it got messed up. So here's what I want you to do. I just want you to look at it with me, but you don't write anything yet. But I just want you to see that we're going to see Adam and Christ. Adam is the first Adam. Jesus is the last Adam. Adam is the living soul, but Jesus is the life-giving spirit. Adam is from the earth. Jesus Christ, the last Adam, is from heaven. Here's the fourth one. Write this down, and you can just put it at the bottom of your page, number four, that in Adam there's what? There's death, and in Christ, who is the last Adam, there's life, and he makes alive. Now, I'm going to be throwing that chart up back and forth as we go through this, so you don't have to keep coming back to the top of the, to this page to see it or remember it, but we will be going through it as we see it. So what I want us to do is this morning is contrast first Adam, last Adam. Next week, we'll contrast new creation, old creation, and put that all together. So let's think about it for a second. And let's see, uh, the, first, the first man is Adam. Okay, and that makes sense. And we think about Adam, he, and here's what we want to see. The first Adam uh, was the king of the world. He was created, right? The first man was created by God and placed in the garden. Now, what I want you to notice, and a lot of people don't think about this, God said, let us make man in our image. Let me ask you a question. God speaking... The word, Hebrew word for God is Elohim. The singular form of God in Hebrew is El, E-L. The plural form is Elohim. It ends in O-I-M. Okay, this is Elohim. It's plural. It's 
plural on purpose. It's not saying God's. It's saying God is a God of majesty. And in reality, when you say God, it's not just God the Father. It's God the Son and God the Spirit. And notice this. Then God said, let us. Some people say as angels. Angels aren't creators. Angels can't create anything. Who's the us? The Father, the Son, and the Spirit. So he says, let us make mankind in our not my, our image, once again, according to our likeness. Have you ever thought about this? Now, so here's God creating man. He's putting him in the garden, but look what he says. Let him rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, over the livestock, over the, every He says, you're going to rule the world. And the first Adam was to rule the world. The first Adam was the king of the world. Now, what happened? He, are we king of the world? Now, is mankind king of the world? Who is king of the world? Satan. Satan's king of the world. He's the god of this age. Now, Jesus himself and God the Father, the, the, he controls everything. But this world is called, it's in, the, it's in the hands of the evil one. So the first Adam was supposed to be the king of the world, and they blew it. How about the last Adam? The last Adam, Hebrews 13, 8, was not created... First Adam was created and placed in the garden. The last Adam was not created. He's always existed. Jesus Christ the same yesterday, today, and forever. He's always existed. And guess what? The first Adam was supposed to be the king of the world and blew it. The last Adam will be the king of the earth, Revelation nineteen sixteen. And uh, it, it, I've got the, let's see, he's going to be the king of kings, lord of lords. Look at Revelation nineteen sixteen. And on his robe and on his thigh he has a name written. What is it? King of kings and Lord, it's supposed to be Lord of lords, and he's, he's the ruler of everything. He is the one. So the first Adam is created and was supposed to be the king and blew it. The last Adam is eternal and is the king and will be the king. So in this chart, the very first one we got, first Adam, last Adam. Now let's look at the second part. Second part became a living soul. We'll talk about that. And the Christ, or the last Adam, becomes a life-giving spirit. So let's look at Adam. Adam is a living soul. Uh, if you look at the verse, and I don't think we put it up, 1 Corinthians 15, 45 basically talks about life. Let me, let me go over there and just read that to you. He says, so it is written, the first man, Adam, became a living soul. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. So the first one became a living soul. Genesis 2-7, look what it says. Then the Lord God formed the man of the dust from the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life, and the man became a living. And the word person there is nephesh in Hebrew. It means soul. So, in Greek, it's suke, same word. We get psyche from it. It's our soul. It's the part that has the mind, the emotion, the will, that part. So, mankind became a living soul. So, it's powerful. But, what's the contrast? Life, Christ, the second Adam, the, or let's put it way, the last Adam, I mean, became a life-giving spirit. Where the first Adam uh, lives... The last Adam gives life. Jesus is the one who gives life. 1 Corinthians 15, 45, look at it again. The first man, Adam, became a living soul. The last Adam became a life-giving spirit. Do you realize that difference? 
One just is alive. The other is the one who gives life. Look at the verses. Jesus said in John 14, 6, I am the what? I am the way and the truth and the what? The life. He's life. Uh, John 1, 4, in him was life. Uh, we've got a, a group of people that are taking Greek, and it just so happened last Friday, we had Greek up there, and we were looking at John chapter 1, verses basically 1 through 5, just for fun. And in verse 4, it says, in him was life. The Greek word for life is zoe. We get zoology from it, okay? And so he's life. He's the resurrection and the life. I love John 11. Listen, if you, if you want to do something fun, and you say, okay, I'm going to take some time to do it. Go to the Bible, look at John 11, and that section of, that's really dealing with 11, 25, 26, it goes back, and it's, uh, it's, the, it's uh, John and Martha talking about life and about everything and about, her, about resurrection. And Jesus says, I'm the resurrection of life. He who believes in me, even if he dies, he'll live again. That's resurrection. And whoever, I'm the resurrection. Whoever believes in me will never die. That's eternal life. And so he talks about that he's the resurrection and the life. I mean, he not only gives life, he is life. In fact, Jesus is eternal life. Now, let me just say something to you. People talk about things about Jesus, but listen, Jesus is the Savior. Jesus is the life. Jesus is eternal life. He doesn't just give eternal life. Jesus is eternal life. Look at this right here. Look what it says. And the life, the life was revealed. He's talking about Jesus. John is writing in 1 John chapter 1. He says, we saw him. The life was revealed. We have seen and testify and proclaim to you the eternal life. That's him. Which was with the Father and was revealed to us. He's not talking about the Father had eternal life. He's talking about the eternal life as Jesus himself. He is the way, the truth, and the life. He is the resurrection and the life. He is the one who gives life. He is life. He is eternal life. Look at 1 John 5.20. And we know that the Son of God has come and has given us understanding so that we may know him who is true. We may know him who is true. And we are in him who is true. And his Son, Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, watch. This is the true God and what? Eternal life. He's not saying he gives you eternal life. He says the Son is eternal life. The Son is the Savior. The one Son is life. The Son gives eternal life. So in him was life, and he is the light of the world, and he gives life. So incredible truths. Okay, now let's go back. Because one is a living soul, and the other is a life-giving spirit. So now we got the first Adam and the last Adam, the Adam and Christ first. And now we're going to say that this Adam... Is from the earth. And this Adam is from heaven. Look at uh, the, the, from 1547. He says, the first man is from the earth, earthy. The second man is from heaven. That tells you right there. The first man, the first Adam is from the earth. 1 Corinthians 1547. He's from the dust of the ground. What does the name Adam mean? It's actually Hebrew Adamah. Anybody know what it means? means what? Dirt. It means dirt. So when we say Adam, we're saying dirt because that's, he came from the dirt of the ground, from the dust of the ground. And so when we talk about Adamah, he's the first, he's the, that's the first Adam, and he's the, the dirt, bottom line, and it's powerful. But look at the last Adam. 
The last Adam is from heaven, not from the ground. Philippians chapter 2, he left the glories of heaven to become a human being. It's powerful. If you've never actually studied Philippians chapter 2, look at verses 5 through 11. That's where it says, Let the man that was in Christ Jesus be in you who Christ, who thought it not a robbery to be equal with God, but basically left, emptied himself and, and left the glories of heaven and became obedient, basically took the form of a bondservant and became like a human being and then humbled himself to be obedient to death, even the death of the cross. That's him. That's the one that left the glories of heaven. He wasn't created on this earth. He's not on this earth. The first Adam is from the earth, but the last Adam is from heaven. The first Adam is a human being. In that sense, the last Adam becomes a human being. Galatians 4.4, 4, in the fullness of time, God brought forth his son born of a woman. John 1.14, and the word became flesh. Now, here's the thing that you have to understand. Just because Jesus Christ became a human being doesn't mean he's like us. He is the God-man. There's nobody like him. There is God, and there is man, and there is the mediator, the in-between one, who is God-man. He is 100% God. He is 100% man. We cannot comprehend this. In fact, the thing that, that I, when I teach sometimes in the 2-2, and people don't always grasp this, is, first of all, the Father is a spirit being. John 4, God is a spirit, knows to worship him, must worship him in spirit and truth. So God, the Father, is a spirit being. He doesn't have a body. The Holy Spirit is a what? Spirit being. He doesn't have a body. Jesus Christ, from all eternity was a spirit being, just like the Father and the Spirit, until a particular time in, in our time history. And that was the time of the Romans. One of the questions I asked, I'm teaching the new class uh, on uh, Jesus and his world, and we raised the question last week at the end of the class. Why did Jesus come at the time of the Romans? In all the history of all the world, why did Jesus Christ become a human being at the time of the Roman Empire? We'll talk about, well, if you want to come, come to my class, I'll tell you this next week. But anyway, so the bottom line is we think about it, that at a point in time in history, Jesus Christ left the glories of heaven and became a person. John 1, 14, and the word became flesh. But when that happened, that doesn't mean that Jesus is, is only a human being. He is the God man. That's why in Second in, in First Timothy, he says there's only one mediator between God and man, and it is the man, Christ Jesus. But when he says Christ Jesus, he's putting the deity even first there. Remember, I've told you this, when you look at the Bible and it says Jesus Christ, the writer is emphasizing his humanity. When he writes Christ Jesus, he's emphasizing his deity, and that's what he's saying in that passage. So we, we have to understand, we have, we have the most unique Let's just say it this way, person who's ever existed. There is God, there is man, and there is the God-man. And for all eternity, from that point on, Jesus Christ will always have a body. The Father doesn't have a body, and the Spirit doesn't have a body. Jesus Christ, from that point on, will always have a body. Some people actually say, do you think when we get to heaven... We'll see the Father. Well, I don't know, because when you look at the book of Revelation, uh, John sees this thing, and it's like there's a sea of glass, and there's a rainbow, and all these people, and there's this throne, and there's fire everywhere, and then there's something on top of that throne, and then there's these uh, angels, seraphim, going around, going holy, 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 and they're going back and forth. And whatever's on the front of there, it, it's some kind of being, but you can't actually tell exactly what it is. 
And then comes Jesus. He comes looking like a lamb slain before the foundation of the world. And, and so some say in eternity, will we ever actually get to see the Father or the Spirit since they're spirit beings? Or will we just see Jesus who has a body? I don't know. What do you think? So, well, think about it. Jesus Christ is the God-man. So here's the first Adam from the dust of the ground. The last Adam became, left the glories of heaven to become a human being. So from the earth, from heaven. And then the last, here we go, death and life. The first Adam brings death. The last Adam brings life. 1 Corinthians 15, uh, verse 21, listen to this. For since by a man came death, by, that's Adam, the first Adam, by man came the resurrection of the dead. That's the last Adam. For as in Adam, that's first Adam, all die. So also in Christ, that's the last Adam, all will be made alive. The first Adam brings death. You know why? Because he sinned, and we're all in him. He was the head of the human race. And when he sinned, his sin passed to every human being. Now, I know that we've talked about this many, many times. When Adam sinned, you sinned. So technically, he ate fruit, you ate fruit. You could say that doesn't seem really fair. Uh, you know, but the truth is when the right guard jumps offside, the whole team goes back. Five yards, not just the right guard. When Adam sinned, the whole human race fell. Therefore, just as through one man, Adam, sin entered into this world. And death through sin. So death came. The wages of sin is death. And so death spread to who? Some men. No, all men. Every human being. Because all what? Sin. All sinned. That's a past tense. You know what that's saying? Every human being sinned when Adam sinned. And you go, I wasn't even here yet. Yeah, yeah, but you were in Adam. And you sinned when he sinned. The first Adam brings death. The last Adam brings life. It says, for in Adam all die, but in Christ all will be made alive. I want you to think about life because he gives eternal life. We know that. But will every human being be raised from the dead to exist forever? Yeah, because he, he's the resurrection and the life. Every human being is going to be raised from the dead. Think about this. This is what Christ gives spiritual life. He not only gives the physical life, but he gives spiritual life. God being rich in mercy because of his great love, which he loved us, even when we were dead in our wrongdoings, our sins, he made us alive together with Christ. And then he puts that little parenthesis there and he's going to use it later on. For by grace, you have been saved. So realize that the last Adam gives life. The first Adam brings death. We just realize that we have a, when we have a relationship with the first Adam, we realize we have a relationship with the first Adam when we come into this world. Every, every human being ever born comes into this world connected with the first Adam. That means they come into this world dead in what? Trespasses and sins. We have a relationship with the second Adam when we trust Jesus Christ 
as Savior, when we believe in Christ for eternal life. Did I say did I say second? I don't mean to it, oh that that should I'm sorry, that's wrong. That should not be typed that way. It should we have a relationship with the last Adam. Change, change your little notes, please. Change your notes. It's easy to it's easy to make a mistake. Okay, I say what do we teach on Sunday morning? If you've done wrong, admit it, ask for forgiveness, and correct it if possible. <laughs> okay, so when we have a relationship with the last Adam. Then we, uh, it's when we have trusted Jesus Christ or we believe in him for eternal life. Look at this right here. The head of the human race, Adam, fell, and thus all after him come into this world fallen. The head of the believing race, he died and rose again, and all who believe become new creations. That's what I want you to see. That when you believe in Christ, you become a new creation. This says, uh, for as an Adam all die, but in Christ all will be made alive. And we're going to see next time the new creation and the old creation. It's taken two times. And then we'll put the whole thing together. And I think you'll, I think you'll like it. I think you'll say, wow. Because you were an old creation. And now you're a new creation. And we're going to talk about that. Because let me just tell you this. There are a lot of Christians who are new creations in Christ, but they live like the old creation. They say stuff like this, I'm just an old sinner saved by grace. No, no, you're not. You're a new creation in Christ. That's what you are. We can still sin, but we're not just an old sinner saved by grace. We're a new creation in Christ. We died and rose again with Christ to a new life. It's different. That's why understanding this changes how we look at the Christian life. So let me give you some applications real quickly. Let's understand that by faith in Jesus Christ, we are placed in union with Christ, and we died and rose again with him, becoming new creations. That's really the whole thing. We didn't get to see all that. We'll see more later. But when we believe in Jesus Christ, we get placed in union with him. He died and rose again. We die and rose again and become new creations. Second, did you, is, is that already there? Is that already written there for y'all? Y'all don't have to write that in, do you, or do you? It's already there. Okay, second one. Let's understand, because I'm going fast and there's a lot of writing there. Let's understand Adam was the first man from the earth who sinned and brought death to the human race. That's the first Adam. Let's understand that Jesus is the last Adam. At least we got that right. Last Adam coming from heaven who died and rose again, giving eternal life to all who believe in him. And we're going to see how this last Adam is the key to us. Because when we believe in this last Adam who gives us eternal life, we get connected with him and we become a new creation. New creation is the secret to the Christian life. I hate to say it that way because people act like, oh, there's something hidden that God didn't reveal. No, no, no. It's all over the place. It's just people don't think about it very much. And most people do not teach how to have victory in the Christian life. Most people teach that, that you go through the Christian life, you sin, and what do you do when you sin? You confess it, and you get back in fellowship, and then you go, and then you sin, and then what do you do? You confess it, and you get back into fellowship, and then you sin, and that's what, how most people think Christian life is. If you read Romans chapter 6, and being a new creation in Christ, he actually says, stop letting sin reign in your mortal body. Don't sin. Not sin and confess it, sin and confess it, sin and confess it. He says, don't sin. We could say that's easier said than done, right? We'll see, though. 